Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Well, today's panel comprises Hugh Bainan, of course, uh, and Guy Havelt. Uh, and uh, I'm really looking forward to your opinion on this one, Guy. Uh, I got all excited yesterday. Uh, for Auckland people in particular, the uh, MPC uh, Auckland-based or perimeter teams are allowed to resume training, and then I read the fine print, uh, and I quickly is not that excited as I once was. So what do you make of the rules? Uh, look, I, I... Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole... The whole situation that we're in is pretty disappointing. Um, I, I... Yeah, I, I just don't know how they can fairly run a competition I suppose when um, when Auckland teams uh, are, are left so far behind um, I, I kind of struggle with that I know they've got to run something a little bit but I, I just yeah I just feel a little bit for those teams and um, you know after the highs of, of and I'm a Cantabrian and I'm about to say this but after the highs of where Auckland rugby's got to uh, in the last few years to kind of see it go a little bit a little bit backwards uh, and, and not through nothing of their own, no fault of their own, I uh, feel for them a little bit, and uh, yeah, a little bit disappointed. Well, I, it, and it's an interesting one too, Guy, because you know the thing about rugby training is there is contact. Uh, you do pass the ball, uh, and you know you, you get that feeling uh, of the physicality of it. But there's none of that. I mean, you can't even share the same rugby ball. Uh, you got to stay two meters apart. Uh, what do you get out of that? Well, I, I would even go one step further than that and, and say. Safety-wise, how can you expect these guys to go through no training where they can't uh, where they can't be full-on contact, and then essentially go into games where, yeah, it's 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 provincial rugby, and I mean that with all due respect. It's, it's not as you know as intense as say a test match or Super Rugby or something, but it's still pretty brutal. You know, I wouldn't want to be running at many of those guys or any of those guys uh, at full mm-hmm. tilt and getting in a ruck with them. And you know, you need weeks for your body to prepare for that. And if they're not able to do that, and then they're thrust into a game situation, having just throwing the ball around for a little bit, um, yeah, I, I I I even worry about the safety aspect. Again, it's not really even New Zealand rugby's fault. It's just um, it's just the way things are at the moment and. I would say that I think it's a little bit, a little bit heavy-handed from the government, a little bit over the top. I do think that, that you know, if, if they can prove on maybe a daily basis that these guys that they get negative tests or whatever, then why can't they train together? Their livelihoods as I'm well. I'm a bit like that. But I'm a bit like that, Hugh. Um, it's a, a little bit in the old days we used to call it Clayton's when it was not really a, a, a drink. This is really a, a bit of a Clayton's competition. Do you do you feel that those three Auckland provinces? 
Yeah, I do. Uh, and just quickly to you know what you guys were just discussing, I think from a sporting point of view, it's very disappointing. Similar feeling to the guy. I'm not in Auckland. I'm down here in Nelson. You know, we get to see the Marco and uh, doing their thing as well. Um, so. You know, I guess I haven't felt the full brunt of the effects, and I also can't pretend to feel how an Aucklander feels right now, being stuck inside for the last you know, however many days, weeks now. Um, I guess from the government's point of view, they're probably thinking, well, right now there's bigger things than a rugby competition going on in the world that we're hoping to get around, out the other side of, so we can all get back to playing proper competitions at home and away, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I mean, hopefully in a year's time, it'll be a distant memory. Um, the fact that these rules have come in and we, and we might not, and you know, the Auckland teams have been disadvantaged. That's the hope, obviously. So I can see why they've gone that way. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, does the competition have the same meaning, Smithy, without the Auckland side? Of course it doesn't, you know, and, I, and I'm not just saying that from an Auckland point of view. I think it wouldn't have the same meaning if any of the teams weren't involved. Um, it'd be better if Canterbury weren't there, of course. Um, but otherwise, I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty, um, it's going to have an asterisk next to it, whatever, as is every single sporting competition around the world at the moment. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, uh, speaking of which, Hugh, can I go to uh, the NBA now? And what have you made uh, and read about in terms of uh, vaccinations, COVID vaccinations in the NBA competition and, and uh, the rules and things that are going to uh, apply around that? It's a really tough one because scale it down a whole heap and I'm in a similar situation as I work on the New Zealand NBL, the South NBL here and so our discussions have begun you know, in the, in the NBL head office about you know, this is going to be a, a conversation we have to have around vaccinations. I think a lot of competitions around the world are hoping that the decisions are made for them as we've seen with Ty Webster having to leave the breakers because the breakers can't travel in and out of Victoria unless everyone is vaccinated so the decision was made for them. The NBA have for so long and so impressively been at the forefront of social change and, and making big calls uh, around world sport. I kind of expected them to do it here. I kind of expected the NBA to come out and be like, you have to be vaccinated if you want to play in the NBA. That hasn't happened. And now things are getting cloudy. You've got, you know, uh, I'm going to call them it. You've got Fruit Loops like Kyrie Irving out there who is all over the conspiracy theory uh, internet, you know, and he's vice president of the NBA Players Association. So he's causing a whole heap of trouble in there. Former players like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar coming in saying, you know, in my opinion, quite sensibly, you, you should have to be vaccinated. You shouldn't be allowed to play if you aren't vaccinated. So you've got former players battling current players. I see LeBron James came out, said he is vaccinated, but stopped there, didn't go so far as to say, Everyone should be. So it's, uh, it's messy, Smithy, and we're going to see it in every competition from the South NBL in New Zealand right to the top of everything. We're going to see this being a huge topic of discussion for the next 12 months. Well, I'll ask your opinion on it, Guy, too, about um, whether it should be compulsory or, or not, or uh, why are there people reluctant to do it? Uh, we're going to take a news break here with uh, Trudy and more from the panel shortly. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Guy Havelt and Hugh Bainan with us this morning on the panel. And uh, Guy, I've got to put it to you, should it be a prerequisite to be able to play in a team sport or any sport at a decent level, a COVID jab? Uh, well, my personal opinion is, is yes, and, and that's purely because I, I just want the world to get back to normal. I want pe- people to be healthy, and the science says that uh, all these vaccines are safe. And 
um, you know, I, 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 you just got to read the science and you've got to try and block out the noise of all the, all the, and I'll call them crazies, all the crazies out there who don't want the vaccine. Um, but look, in, in, in all reality, I don't think you can possibly make it compulsory because uh, when it comes down to it, you know, it's people's choice. Uh, if they don't want it, they don't have to have it. I don't think we can force them to have it. And I think if we do go down that path of forcing players to have it, and, and we've seen it, I don't know if the breakers. Well, they didn't force Ty Webster to try and have it, but they said, you know, if you are to play for us, we're going to need you to have it because of, uh, you know, uh, local government rules over in Australia. Um, you know, if you if you start forcing players to have it, well, I think you start looking at, at legal ramifications, and I suspect that we'll be seeing a lot of that uh, certainly in the next 12 to, to 18 months. I think this is going to come become a massive issue in terms of the courthouse and, and sports people, whatever, taking sports teams to court um, because they've lost their contracts or whatever because they didn't want to get vaccinated. I think everyone should be vaccinated, absolutely, but, um, you know, in reality, not everyone is going to be and, and it's going to become a, a bit of a pitfall in the next in the next few years. Uh, Hugh, uh, the Tall Ferns are actually in competition at the moment. Uh, tell us about this competition and... Uh, they had a win, I think, uh, overnight, but they've got a big one coming up this uh, in the next day or so. Yeah, they had a big win over India last night, the Tall Ferns. Great to see. I mean, they haven't played the game of basketball, the Tall Ferns, since November 2019, given the way of the world. So it's been a huge effort to get them out to Jordan, where they are. And actually, on the vaccination note, they weren't allowed into Jordan unless they could all provide proof of vaccination. So I think we're going to see countries doing that will, that will affect sport, of course. Um, yeah, so the Tall Ferns are out there. They, they had a tough group. They had to go up against Korea and Olympic semi-finalist Japan. Uh, went down close in a close one to Japan. Knocked off India last night by 60. Uh, and now it sets up mouth-watering one against Australia in an elimination game uh, tonight at 2 a.m. live on Maldi TV. OK, uh, Hugh, All Black uh, team naming this afternoon. Um, what what uh, are you expecting? And are you expecting anything at all different from the Springboks? From the Springboks, no. And this has been a huge topic of discussion among, I'm sure, most people's mates over the last week, right? I went, I was lucky enough uh, to go to the pub and watch it uh, last week with some mates down here and everyone's booing and, you know, I'm, I'm and bored with the Springboks playing. Now, remember, I'm coming from, I grew up in Wales, you know, with a Welsh father, so I, you know, I do lean red when it comes to the oval ball. Um, and I'm sitting there going, well, hey, what do you want them to do? Chuck the ball around and lose by 30? And everyone's like, yes. <laughs> I was like, they're trying to win a game, you know? So I can't see much happening. What I keep changing from the Springboks' point of view, I can see the All Blacks countering it a lot better than they did. You know, there's so many handling errors, so I think we might see a change in midfield. I'm not sure a guy will know uh, of the status of Anton Lennon-Brown right now. I'd like to see him back um, with sticky hands. You know, um, interesting to see what they do with um, with George Bridge after, obviously, not a great performance. Uh, I did like Blackadder at seven, though. Okay, here we go, Guy. Um, you've got your finger pretty close to on the pulse, even though they're overseas. What are you hearing? What are you suspecting? Well, I mean, he was only ruled out relatively late last week, wasn't he, Anton Leonard-Brown? So I wouldn't be surprised if a week later uh, he is okay to play. He he would slot straight into that midfield with um, with David Havili, wouldn't he? And, and then you'd just shift, I think you'd shift Rico Ioane and, and take the place of George Bridge, and then you've got a pretty solid-looking backline there. Uh, the other question, I, re- I suppose, is, is whether Richie Maunga uh, would then come into the starting lineup. Mm. I'm not sure whether they'll do that, considering he's just got out of MIQ and that sort of thing. 
um, over in Australia. So I suspect he'll probably come off the bench and they'll stick with Barrett at 10. Uh, in terms of the box, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. Um, it was bloody boring, but at the same time, why would you try anything else when you know that's the best chance you have of beating the All Blacks? We'll see the same from them again. Uh, I think we'll see a marked improvement from the All Blacks, and I think this will be a, a very different test in the scoreline anyway. I think the All Blacks, are a week of, of knowing the way that the Springboks will play, the All Blacks will, will, will counter that a lot better, uh, and I suspect that this might be 20-plus the margin between the two teams, and, and we'll see a much better All Blacks performance. And yeah, I, I, do, I do think uh, it'll, be, it'll be Anton Leonard-Brown in the midfield with... Uh, with um, with uh, David Havili. But in saying that, I didn't actually think that Quintupaya played that badly the other night. I think he was he was pretty solid in that All Blacks back line. But I think when you've got someone like Leonard Brown waiting there and, and, and hopefully fit, uh, you've got to find a place for him. And it, and it seems logical that he just slots into the starting lineup in the midfield. Uh, Guy, I, I know you, you're probably your preferences for rugby over league, but I, I've got to ask you this. Uh, if this is Benji Marshall's uh, last hurrah, how will you remember Benji Marshall? Uh, win, lose or draw for the South this weekend? Well, it's funny. Rugby usually is ahead of league for me, but the other night I actually put the league on my phone while everyone else was watching the rugby because I was so bored. And uh, the last 40 minutes of that of that Penrith-Melbourne game was, was some of the best uh, sport I've seen in the last six months. But that's beside the point. It was, it was superb. Uh, look, Benji Marshall, um, I... I it's remarkable to me, really, that a guy at what is he said? Is he thirty-six, something like that? Uh, can can still be can still find a way to to get his body up to scratch in one of the more grueling competitions in in world sport and perform the way that he has. Uh, I I don't know. Look, I, I was going to say I don't know if he gets enough credit in New Zealand. I think he probably does, actually, on reflection. But uh, I think we just need to appreciate. The kind of career that he's had, 19 seasons, I think it is. Uh, he made the grand final, did, did what he did for the Tigers back in 2005. Uh, we're now here in 2021, and the guy is running out for another grand final at, at, at the ripe old age of, of you know, late 30s. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable, and uh, that would be the story for me if he was to go out uh, an NRL winner. And, and maybe, and he hasn't ruled it, he rules, hasn't ruled out keeping going himself, but and maybe what would be his last season, uh, I think that would be one of the great rugby league stories in New Zealand history. Smithy, has he, uh, has he I'm not a... Sorry, Smithy, I'm, I'm not a league guy, as you know at all, really. Um, and like I said, I grew up in the UK. But I can tell you, when we were mucking around with a rugby ball... In the UK, like in my early teens, and we threw it out the back pass or did a sidestep, we'd yell Benji. I'm not entirely sure we knew who he was, <laughs> but we'd seen the highlights, and like we were saying Benji Marshall, uh, the other side of the world back then. That's how much of a legend this guy has been. Well, there's two things that amaze me there. You were, you were actually passing it, and you were thinking about a sidestep. That just doesn't <laughs> marry for me. That, that, that doesn't marry for me with Welsh rugby. Benji. <laughs> uh, fellas, fantastic uh, chat this morning We await uh, with interest that All Black naming this afternoon I'm not sure they're going to uh, veer away from too much uh, What they had last week It was good enough to beat them up front So uh, I think they'll go again there So thank you very much uh, Guy Havelt and uh, Hugh Bainan Of course, that uh, Welsh superstar uh, For being on the panel this morning